na ito, not only to glorify and praise the Lord from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, but also to uh, use this day as a market day of our, uh, of our souls para makapag-imbak tayo sa ating mga kaluluwa, especially sa ating uh, pinag-aaralan. Uh, gusto ko lang uh, i-recognize din, no? may mga visitors tayo dito na from different uh, traditions ng uh, Protestant or ng uh, uh, Evangelicalism. Uh, ng aming pinag-aaralan po ngayon ay patungkol sa Reformed Baptist Church. Why Reformed Baptist Church? Bakit ito yung pinili natin at sinundan natin na, na tradisyon ng Reform at ng Baptist? Ano yung uh, distinctives ng Reformed Baptist Church? Uh, gusto ko pong pauna sa inyo. No? Our intention is not to destroy anyone, not to attack yung paniniwala ng iba, We just want na malaman kung ano yung pagkakaiba, ano yung distinction, distinctive ng Reformed Baptist. At uh, sa paniniwala namin, ito yung best nagre-reflect sa scripture. And because of that, di maiwasang masagasaan kapag pinoproclaim mo yung truth, yung mga aberrant views sa mga ganitong bagay. Whether you are a uh, reform or non-denominational, you're a... Uh, Bible BAP or you're a fundamentalist, I hope na uh, we approach this sa spirit ng uh, diligent study at submission sa scriptures. Okay? So, uh, let's start sa ating uh, pag-aaral ngayon. I think uh, ito yung isa sa gusto ko lesson sa Reformed Baptist sa ating series, ang part 7 na ang title ay Autonomous in Polity. But before that, uh, I would like to use this uh, image. You know this, no? Si Gretchen Diaz. Uh, at uh, ito yung uh, inirek, uh, inireklamo at uh, doon sa mall sa Cubao, uh, reportedly siya ay uh, inharas and then dinala sa presinto. Ngayon naman baligtad siya, nagdidemand because syempre ang isyo ay naghingi siya yung karapatan niya daw bilang uh, isang uh, uh, transgender. Uh, ibig sabihin, Uh, nakakaramdam daw siya ng discrimination sa mga pangyayaring yon At uh, hindi lang yon Ang ganitong bagay ay with just span of ilang days ay ganito rin ang nangyari sa PBA. Uh, yung monkey gesture ni Arwin Santos na kapampangan pa man din. You know? At uh, of course, ito ay inamin niya at uh, humingi na siya ng sorry at uh, kahit na siya ay i-bash pa ngayon, eh, malapit na sila mag-grand slam, eh, nakuha nila yung championship. Uh, in other words, ang uh, word na magdi-describe sa dalawang pangyayaring ito is none other than discrimination. Ang discrimination ay uh, yung uh, salita na merong prejudicial treatment against sa isang race o sa isang group. At pag-discrimination, ang nangyayari dito, may mga tao na gustong pumasok, makiha, makihalo, makiblend sa group, pero nakakaranas sila na parang rejection mula sa group. At least, yun yung kanilang pananaw. Sa ating pinag-aaralan ngayon ay baligtad. Kung ang discrimination ay tinatry ng mga taong ito na makiblend, ayaw nilang magkaroon ng pagkakaiba, tayo naman bilang Reformed Baptist at bilang Iglesia, gusto naman natin baligtad. Mula doon sa grupo ng mga Kristiyano, ano yung katangi-tangi sa atin? Ano yung distinctives sa atin? Or more specifically, ano yung mga reformed 
Baptist Distinctives. At uh, sabi ko nga kanina, isa ito sa uh, kailangan natin mapag-aralan. We are all aware tayong mga Baptist, yung Baptist Distinctives. But, pag tinawag na Reformed Baptist Distinctives, napansin nyo ba kung ano yung mga distinctives na ito? Hindi natin pwedeng ilagay dito lahat ng mga teachings na mahalaga sa scriptures. For example, the inerrancy of scripture. Hindi natin distinctive yan dahil maraming mga churches, even non-denominational, nagsishare sa inerrancy ng scripture. Even yung six-day literal creationism. Hindi natin distinctive yan. Pero ano yung mga distinction or distinctive doctrine na pag sinabing Reformed Baptist, sila yung nag-hold o yung mga iilan na grupo. That is why sa ating review, babalikan natin na kasi nakapart 7 na tayo. Diba? Una, pagdating sa historic, sa orthodoxy, we are Catholic. Medyo kinabahan siguro kayo, no? Uh, pero yun, iniwasan ko lang yun ng unang part, but that's actually the better term. Catholic in orthodoxy. Sabihin, we share with the Roman Catholic Church sa orthodox doctrine ng first four ecumenical councils ng uh, deity ni Jesus Christ, ng Chalcedonian Creed, at maging yung Trinity or the essence or being of God. So, uh, at least, alam natin yun sa... Uh, orthodoxy, we are historic or we are Catholic. Hindi natin sinasabing katoliko tayo. Pagdating sa mahalagang doktrina that Jesus is God, man, and then uh, that the being of God is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, one being, three persons, we are Catholic in that sense. We are historic. Okay? Secondly, dito tayo maghihiwalay with the Catholic Church. Pagdating sa soteriology, we are evangelical. Hindi ganyan ang Catholic Church. Okay? So, pagdating sa orthodoxy, we are Catholic. Pagdating sa soteriology, we are evangelical. At pagdating sa soteriology, wala na ang Catholic Church because they do not believe in the doctrine of salvation by grace through faith alone. And then, anong klase tayo na evangelical? We are not just evangelical, we are Baptist na evangelical. Ibig sabihin, pagdating sa ecclesiology, we do not share with the reformers sa kanilang position. Ang mga reformers, karamihan sa kanila, nagbabaptize ng bata, they do not believe in regenerate membership. So, ilagay ko lang dito, no, sa... Ecclesiology, we are Baptist. Pagdating kasi dito sa dalawa, mga Reform, Presbyterian, parehong ganyan. But we are not that kind of Reform people. We are Baptist and Ecclesiology, we believe in regenerate church membership. Kailangan naintindihan niya yung gospel muna. And then, pagdating sa theology, hindi tayo katulad ng mga Baptist lang. We, we are not like many Baptists today. In fact, kahit pangalan natin ay Baptist, I want to tell you na tayo ay hindi mas maraming pagkakatulad sa mga Reform kaysa sa maraming mga Baptist. Ang pangalan lang natin ay Reform Baptist, but mas marami tayong pagkakatulad sa mga Reform Presbyterian, Reform Congregational, kaysa sa mga maraming mga Baptist sa panahon natin. Why? Because... Sa sinabi natin, theology-wise, we are reformed. We are not actually fundamentalist pagdating sa theology. 
And the issue, of course, is 1680, 1689. Ang 1689 na nagpapakita na tayo ay uh, kapareho-kapareho ng mga reform minus the ecclesiology. Okay? Now, ang tanong siguro ay eh, kung katulad tayo ng mga uh, reform, uh, ganyan pala yung theology natin, how about sa issue ng uh, salvation history? We are uh, covenantal. We are not dispensationalists. Okay? So, pagdating sa uh, philosophy of history, we are covenantal. Ibig sabihin, ang pag nakita natin, inunawa natin ang scripture, we see it, we understand it through the grid of the covenants. Uh, dyan yung tinatawag na covenant uh, theology. And then, of course, kung tayo pala ay uh, mga Baptist, mga Reform, uh, pagdating naman sa sanctification, kayo ba ay mga prosperity gospel, kayo ba ay uh, mga Keswick teachers, higher life, let go and let God, kayo ba ay mga tao na kailangan yung preaching, yung sinisigawan, yung revivalistic, puro parang namamatay yung Kristiyano, kailangan ng shock treatment. No, we don't believe in revivalistic sanctification what we believe sa piety is the Puritan vision of piety. At yan ang pinag-aralan natin last week. They saw yung seriousness ng uh, piety to the point na ang uh, Church of England noong 1630, nagkaroon ng Act of Supremacy at nagkaroon sila ng Reformation sa loob ng Church of England na tuwa sila, but Napasin nila ang Church of England ayaw nang magtuloy-tuloy sa purity, ayaw nang baguhin yung mga ibang Catholic residue. So ang ginawa nila, nag, uh, na, naging pasaway sila doon sa king at ayun nga, ganapilitan yung uh, king at yung kanyang cohorts na uh, ilagay itong Act of Uniformity noong 1662. Ang Act of Uniformity, kung hindi ka sasangayon sa hari, lumabas ka dito sa Church of England. Kaya nga nagkaroon ng tinatawag na The Great Ejection. Pinalayas sa kanilang mga parishes, ang mga pastors na ito. At ang mga taong ito ay tinawag na non-conformists. At ang mga non-conformists na ito, sila yung mga nagsulat ng maraming mga libro patungkol sa Puritan Piety. At ang Puritan piety ay pakita ko lang ang seriousness nila. No? Ganyan sila kaseryoso. Kumbaga, ang mga reformers, embroid sila sa doctrine, pero ang mga uh, ang mga Puritans, inexceed nila yung mga reformers. Sa theology, magka-equal sila, pero pagdating sa piety at sa pastoral ministry, mas magagaling ang mga Puritans. Inexceed nila dahil nga sa kanilang wala nang ano dito controversy with Rome settled settled na no hindi kasalanan yun ng mga reformers but sinasabi ko lang nagkaroon sila ng time to focus sa ano ang ibig sabihin ng Christianity ng reform hindi lang sa church kundi sa puso ko kaya tingnan niyo yung mga books nila the sinfulness of sin the evil of evils. Ibig sabihin, pagdating sa sensitivity, sa kasalanan, sa holiness, sila yung number one. At kinikilala ang Puritanism as that period na nagproduce ng robust Christianity sa history. At ang piety nila, ito yung sinusundan natin, and we reject yung ibang forms of piety. Especially yung kay John Wesley na perfectionism. 
yung fundamentalism na na kind of uh, kind of uh, sanctification at yung higher life na let go and let God. So we concluded last week that with Puritan piety, Reformed Baptists holds hold to a robust form of spirituality. In other words, we're not saying na robust tayo sa spirituality subjectively, but at least ang ating vision, no? Bilang mga Reformed Baptists, Puritan. Kaya pag may member ng scripture alone, nag-post sa Facebook ng let go and let God. Hindi, uh, hindi ka naman ma-office. Uh, tatanungin ka lang, PPM lang kita. Uh, kasi ang let go and let God, yan ay isang cliche uh, na nanggaling sa higher life na ang pananaw ng sanctification nila with just one form of surrender. So, surrender mo lang bigla. Nandun ka na sa higher plane ng Christianity. No, according sa reformers and puritans, ang sanctification is mortification of sin, cultivation of graces, and vivification of the Holy Spirit. So, medyo matindi ang mga yun, no? Okay. So, we proceed now sa pang pito, which is pagdating sa polity sa New Testament Church Order, autonomous. Okay. But since this is our pulpit, this is my pulpit, I hope na maintindihan nyo if I will be at times na uh, medyo madiin. Okay? But it is not my intention to have a bloodbath today. Pero ang gusto ko lang ipakita dito, ano ba ang Reformed Baptist in terms of New Testament Church Order. So, let's uh, see. Uh, Acts 15.22 Sabi doon, Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them and send them to Antioch. So, mayroong uh, doctrinal issue. Uh, may re-resolve sila from Jerusalem. Uh, ipapadala nila sa Antioch. Ano nang mangyayari doon? Pero tingnan nyo, sino namili? Ang namili, hindi lang yung mga spiritual na mga pastor. Ang namili nung nagkaroon ng desisyon kung sinong ipapadala sa sasabihin nating uh, inter-church fellowship or cooperation or council mula Antioch papuntang Jerusalem, ang binanggit with the whole church. Ibig sabihin, nandon ang kamalayan ng iglesia. At mga kapatid, isa ito sa mga texts na napakahalaga sa mga Baptist at uh, gusto kong sabihin Reformed Baptist kasi, in fairness, sa mga Reformed Baptist ko talaga nakita na hindi lang pinaniniwalaan ng autonomy isinasagawa at least sa kayang salubos na makakain nila. Bakit? Because I have been in some Baptist churches that they believe in autonomy but in actual life, they are not autonomous pagdating sa iglesia. So ipapaliwanag ko, yan. Well, pag sinabing autonomy, ang essence ng autonomy is self-government. Okay? So tandaan natin, pag sinabing autonomy, ang issue ay self-government. Ano nga ba kasi yung cliche ng mga maraming Baptist pastors pagdating sa Baptist? A Baptist church is self-governing, self-propagating, and self-sustaining. So, kung yung tatlo na yon, yung isa is na mahalaga, the very first one, self-government. Anong ibig sabihin ng self-government? Ang ibig sabihin nito, walang person, walang pastor, walang council, walang anumang grupo na mas mataas sa local church. For example, the conclave of bishops. Ang conclave of bishops, sila yung nag-e-elect 
kung sino magiging susunod na Pope. Di ba? So, sila'y magbobotohan at walang makakaalam. In other words, wala sa mga Catholic members ang kapangyarihan na mamili kung sino ang magiging pinaka-leader nila. In fact, kahit yung pari nila, dinedesignate na lang. At kaming mga pastor ng Baptist, kami ay siyempre Catholic country to. Ang mangyayari ay minsan ang language ng Catholic na pupunta sa amin. Kalimbawa, uh, ako lagi ko naranasan to, sasabihin ng mga Catholic neighbors. Well, by the way, they are friendly neighbors. No? Sabi uh, oh pastor, kumusta na si Pastor Ace? Na, nasa ba? Ay, nasa Pituga. Ah, doon siya na destino. No? <laughs> hindi tayo sanay doon sa mga salita na na-destino. Bakit? Because we don't believe na may higher authority na magde-designate sa sino mang magpapastor. It should be the members themselves kung sino ang mamimili dapat ng kanilang leader. Di ba? So, self-government. Uh, ganito ang nangyayari pag sinabing uh, hindi self-governing ang church. Merong mas mataas, palitan mo yung pangalan, kahit na sabi mong senior pastor, o sabi mong uh, kahit pakababa pa nila sarili nila na slave servants, group of servants, basta sila ay may kapangyarihan over the congregations, rector, lahat ng yan, this is not a self-governing church. Ibig sabihin, may kapangyarihan above the congregation. At yan ang pinaglalaban ng mga Baptists sa history uh, to the point na humiwalay sila sa mga kapwa reform nila. Now, pag sinabing congregation, walang mas mataas na authority sa congregation, ibig ba sabihin ang mga reform Baptists, ang congregation nila, sila yung pinakahari. We don't believe that. We believe ang congregation may authority na sa taas niya. And that is the apostles. To be specific, the apostles, the twelve apostles, the apostles na inordain ng Diyos na nakita ang resurrected Christ. Namatay na sila pero naiwan yung writings nila which is the New Testament. Okay? Tandaan nyo po mga kapatid, in church polity, look at this, we do not even believe that in the church polity of Baptist, we honor yung buong Bible. We honor New Testament, not just na sabihin na buong Bible which is Old Testament and New Testament. This is the reason bakit hindi tayo naniniwala sa temple worship na ure because yan yung panggagalingan ng uh, Presbyterianism. Uh, yung pagbabaptize nila ng mga bata. But we believe in the New Testament interpretation of the apostles. So ibig sabihin, the New Testament or the Bible, siya yung nasa taas ng congregation. But look at that. Ang congregation, sa kanya diretso yung authority at binigyan lang niya ng authority yung elder na mamuno sa kanila. Pero ang kanyang authority, hindi nang gagaling, <laughs> hindi, nang, hindi nang gagaling na diretso lang sa Diyos na sila lang nag-usap. Pinadaan ng Diyos yung authority through the congregation. So therefore, mga kapatid, historic Baptists have always held to this concept and made them distinct. Okay? Now, gusto kong ulitin yun. Ang mga historic Baptists, ang mga pinakaunang Baptists, yung kasaysayan ng mga Baptists, they held fast to this doctrine at ito yung naging dahilan. Bakit naging distinct sila? In other words, in other words, self-government is an essential distinctive of a Baptist church. Without true self-government, it must not be called rightly a Baptist church. Naintindihan po natin. 
if it is not self-governing, it should not be called a Baptist church. Listen to the dinosaur ng fundamentalism. This is not a reformed guy. This is a fundamentalist. Okay? Uh, international, uh, mga IBF, Independent Baptist Churches. But of course, he's a Calvinist. Si Ka- Kevin Bowder. Sabi niya, autonomy is self-government. The autonomy of the local congregation is one of the Baptist distinctives. It is a historic principle that is a sine qua non of Baptist identity. Baptist churches, which is to say Baptist congregations, make their own decisions under Christ. They cannot be overruled by synods, general assemblies, presbyteries, councils, conclaves of bishops, boards of elders, committees, boards, or any other hierarchy or official, whether external or internal. Under the pattern of the New Testament, an individual congregation is sovereign under Christ. So guys, we do not have anymore a mother church. We have a sister church. Walang mas mataas kaysa sa atin except Jesus Christ through His Word. Uh, naintindihan ba natin ito? Mabigat po ba itong pinag-aralan natin? I hope, no? Na ito ay magturo sa atin. So, therefore, what we see here ay uh, itong mga historic Baptist, this has been always a historic concept natin. But then again, we will proceed sa tatlong mga uh, lines of thought na nag-de-define sa atin at nagpapaliwanag ng ating existence. Una, Baptists are interdependent, not dependent, independent. Okay? And most of all, not dependent. Uh, makikita natin to sa Jerusalem Council. Nung sa Acts 15, what happens sa Jerusalem Council? Nagkaroon ng issue. May mga nagturo na salvation by keeping the law. Anong ginawa? Sabi sa verse 1 and 2, But some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. So tinan yung ginawa ng, ng church. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders about this question. In other words, makikita mo na hindi sila nabubuhay na walang pakialamanan sa isa't isa. Nung nagkaroon ng issue, no, yung mga nagtuturo palang gano'n na grupo na nagpapakilangan katulad natin, kinausap nila oh, yung Jerusalem, na, nakipag, nakikommunicate sila sa ibang church. Hindi lang yan, sa issue ng benevolence, meron laging cooperation, interdependence sa mga churches. Ang Corinth, nag-donate na sa mga may hirap sa Jerusalem. Ang Philippi, ang Thessalonica. So, uh, sa 2 Corinthians 8.19, And not only that, but He has been appointed by the churches. Sino nag-appoint? Mga churches nag-appoint kay Titus to travel with us as we carry out this act of grace that is being ministered by us for the glory of the Lord Himself and to show our good will. In other words, mga kapatid, pagdating sa benevolence, sa pagtulong sa iglesia, sa mga miyembro at mga iglesia, nandoon ang cooperation ng mga churches. So, hindi independent ang New Testament church. Interdependent ang mga local churches. And then, pwede nating makita rin ito. Yung sulat sa Colosse pinabasa sa Laodicea. Sabi ni Paul, And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans 
and see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. <clears throat> Kung mapapansin nyo, itong tatlong ito, lagi nyo makikita magkadikit to. Yung Colosse, Hierapolis, at Laodicea. Magkakambal, yung, magkakambal triplets yan. Magkakalaging binabanggit yan. Parang uh, triple city, ang pinakamahirap ay ang Colosse, at sila'y sinulatan, make sure, pumunta kayo doon sa Hierapolis, malayo-layo yan, at uh, ibigay nyo yung sulat para mabasa nila. So, in other words, mga kapatid, ang sinasabi natin dito, ang mga Baptists, they wrongly interpret yung autonomous, yung salitang autonomous, by uh, understanding it as entirely independent. And this is unbiblical, this is wrong. This is what we call independentism. Ibig sabihin, walang, wala total ang, ang Panginoon ang may pakialam sa amin, sa Kanya lang kami mananagot. Yes, sa, sa, mananagot kayo sa, igla, sa Panginoon, but hindi ininten ng Diyos na walang cooperation among other churches. So in other words, let me tell you this, that the New Testament never depicts a genuinely independent church. Alam nila, they are not naive or they, they're using their common sense. They affect each other. And the New Testament pattern is cooperation, mahalaga to, as churches, not just as pastors. Maraming mga Baptist churches, may cooperation sila, but ang cooperation lang nila, pastors fellowship. And that is not what we see in scriptures. What we see in scriptures is cooperation as churches. Nagko-cooperate ang church na nagde-decide sinong ipapadala. So, therefore, merong tayong ganitong doktrina. Mahalaga ang pastors' fellowship. Pero ang pastors' fellowship, hindi niya kailangan na makialam ang iglesia. Kaya ang iglesia, kapag siya ang naki-fellowship at nagkaroon ng ganitong cooperation, we call them as association. Okay? Mostly. But of course, may mga Reformed Baptist na hindi nag-association. Yung iba, loose fellowship. Doesn't matter, basta at least we can say na itong mga uh, churches na ito nakikicooperate on a more serious level. So in other words, what I want to say to you mga kapatid, congregational autonomy is a Baptist distinctive. This makes us Baptist. Okay? This makes us Baptist. At ang practice niya na pwede natin makita, let's say, ang ARBCA. Ang ARBCA ay yung Association of Reformed Baptist Churches of America. At ito ay association ng mga, hindi ng mga pastor. Association ito ng mga churches. Okay? Ang example nito sa Pilipinas ay ang Reformed Baptist Association, Reformed Baptist Churches Association of Luzon. Ang Rebap Luzon which is Lord willing sa first Friday ng October we will be formally be admitted sa Rebap Luzon membership which means ang church ang nag-involve in a very formal manner we are interdependent with them walang kapangyarihan ng Rebap Luzon na pakialaman tayo internal affairs pero pwede siyang magbigay ng recommendation suggestion pwede niyang i-pressure ang church na ito kapag uh, hindi na naniwala kay Jesus na may two natures, uh, pwedeng uh, gawin ng uh, lahat yon pero of course, not on a decree level. Okay? Now, ito yung gusto kong ipaliwanag sa inyo. Kung strict understanding ng autonomy ay 
self-government, we have to be aware yung warning ngayon na maraming mga Baptist at Baptistic churches na wala na yung issue ng autonomy. Maraming mga churches ngayon ay nagpa-pride sa kanilang pagiging independent church pero hindi sila autonomous. At kapag ikaw ay independent at hindi ka autonomous, kahit na anong pangalan ang ilagay mo dyan, hindi dapat tawagin na Baptist Church yan. In essence, you are not a Baptist Church. Okay? Tingnan nyo to. Yung leading versus lording, magkaiba yan pagdating kasi sa issue ng isang pastor na pwede niyang kontrolin yung ibang churches kaysa sa iglesia lang niya na dapat doon lang siya namumuno. Pag namumuno pa siya kaysa sa mga ibang mga local churches, doon na nagkakaroon ng problema. And this is not Baptistic Church. This is what we call, tingnan natin, sabi ni Kevin Bowder, pag inabandon na natin ang autonomy, listen to this, the most dangerous course is for a church to abandon autonomy, usually by placing fiat authority with the pastor while claiming radical independence. This move often results in pastoral leadership that has little accountability either internally to the congregation or externally to sister churches. Good men may still make good pastors even under this unbiblical polity. Still, this is the form of order that allows cranks, despots, and abusers to flourish in the pastoral office. It is sheer fiction to apply the name Baptist to churches that operate this way. So, you see mga kapatid, uh, from Kevin Bowder himself, pwede naman na may mga mababait na pastor, mag-flourish pa rin dito, pero they are very prone sa abuse at prone na maging despots, abusers, cranks, because walang true level, genuine level of Uh, accountability. At yan ang iniiwasan natin. Kaya nga pag sinabing autonomy, self-government, which is the church, is the one deciding, not the pastor. Alone. Ang, sa mga mahalagang bagay, ang pastor may say siya, pero isang boto siya. Pero, mabigat ang boto niya, but still, dapat nandun ang consent ng congregation. Listen to Wayne Grudem. This is a charismatic, no? Uh, pero look at uh, yung kanyang pananaw. Ang forms of church government can be broken down into three large categories which may be termed Episcopalian, Episcopalian, Presbyterian, and Congregational. The Episcopalian forms have a government by distinct category of church officers known as a priesthood and final authority for decision-making is found outside the local church. The Episcopal Church system is the primary representative among Protestants of this form of government. What I'm showing to you dito ay tatlo lang talaga yung uri ng forms of government na available. Mamili ka dyan kung anong church ka, anong government mo. Check nyo kung ano yung church na kilala nyo. It's either Episcopal yan, hindi ang Episcopal. Episcopal yan, Presbyterian yan, at Congregational. Guess what? Saan ang Reformed Baptist? For sure, hindi siya Presbyterian, nandun siya sa Congregational. 
Pero paano yung mga churches na may authority na iisang tao sa taas? This is the Episcopal model. There is Archbishop. Again, palitan natin. Senior Pastor. Siya ang may kapangyarihan sa mga ina-assign niyang mga pastor o bishop at sila yung bahala sa congregation na yun. Ikaw ang bahala sa congregation ko na yun. Doon sa lugar na yun. Doon sa lugar na yun. Doon sa lugar na yun. Ikaw ang bahala pero lahat ng authority, it will go directly sa akin. So, a pastor who has control over different local churches is not Baptist. That pastor is an Episcopalian. At uh, sabi nung isang kakilala kong teacher, sabi niya, nung dumating, bago ako dumating sa Pilipinas, alam ko, mga Baptist churches dito sa Pilipinas, uh, worse sila sa church government. They do not even understand yung history ng Baptist church polity. They do not understand it. Kaya alam ko, may, may ganito sila, pagka, pagka, may pagka-Episcopalian. Pero nandito ako, nagulat ako, dapat tanggalin na nila yung pangalan nilang Baptist, dapat Episcopalian. And by the way, even the satellite model is simply a modification of an Episcopalian model. Bakit? Sa Presbyterian, ay General Assembly, tinan, the congregation, may session of elders, may Presbytery, may General Assembly. Ano ang pagkakaibaan ng Presbyterian model sa Episcopalian? Ang Episcopalian person ang nasa taas. Ang Presbyterian model is group of men. And by the way, kung papipiliin niyo ako, Presbyterian. Ba- bakit? Sa dalawa, Presbyterian ang better. Dahil ang Presbyterian, mga, uh, mga ano to, dumaan ng mahabang proseso, talagang ordain ng mga to, at hindi sila nagde-decide as one person, kundi group of godly people. Okay? But of course, That is not my belief. What is my belief is this. Congregational. But it is not the congregational na binabadmouth ng maraming mga Baptist pastors. Ang congregational ay merong true eldership authority. Okay? So yung ibig ko sabihin, yung mga satellite churches, may nakausap ako, uh, tinanong ko, may isang kaibigan ako, dating member ng isang mega church. Sabi ko, ang authority ba kung sino magdadala ng sinong pastor dito sa isang ganito, ganyan, ganyan, ay nandoon sa pinakataas na tuktok na tao? The answer, sabi niya, yes. About kapag ano, wala ba siyang kasamang council na pwedeng mag-overrule, mag-override ng decision niya? And his answer is no. Kaya sabi niya, he's a pope. Mga kapatid, this denomination, kahit na sila ay megachurch, kahit na sila ay sabihin mong malayo sa pagiging Episcopalian, walang pangalan Episcopalian, they are not actually Baptist or Baptistic in their church polity. They are more so ng Episcopalian. And sa tatlong yon, ang worst, worst is Episcopalian. Ang pinakamalapit na lang sa pagiging super worst ay ang papacy. So, bakit? Accountability issue. So you see, you have to know na ito yung nangyayari sa operational. No? By, by the way, bakit may nag-ooperate na as Episcopalian na isang tao? Because of corporation model. ba? Diba? Corporation model na may ari ng business, siya na bahala, mas mabilis, mas, mas clean, mas, mas, ma, mas ano yun, konting away yun. Pero hindi yun na reflection ng New Testament 
church. Okay? So what we believe is uh, ang dapat gawin ng mga mm, satellite or mga mega churches, I commend this person, Matt Chandler. Si Matt Chandler, nung siya naging pastor for 15 years ng The Village Church sa Texas, dumami yung mga nakikinig sa kanila hanggang to the point na nagkaroon ng limang campuses, limang satellite campuses. At alam nyo, uh, doon sa campuses na yon, wala walang authority na uh, sa congregation na nagre-rest. Nandun lahat sa eldership nila Matt Chandler. Pero what did Matt Chandler did? Ang sabi doon sa kanilang Village Church website, we feel led by the Holy Spirit to transition our five campuses into autonomous churches by 2022. It will be risky and take courage. But we believe this move gives the village church the best opportunity to reach DFW, that is uh, Dallas-Fort Worth, and beyond with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You say this? Anong pinaka-issue niya? Ang issue niya is autonomous. Autonomy. And this is biblical. Yan ang hard pill to swallow sa autonomous church. Ayaw ibigay ang doctrine ng autonomous church. Bakit? We want to build empires. We want to build ano, mga pangalan. Maraming member. Maraming ganito. Makapangyarihan. But look at this. Magkakaroon ng ano, pagkakadivision. No? But this would benefit long term yung health ng church. Kasi meron sila talagang tatawaging tunay na pastor do sa congregation nila at hindi sila a-attend na malulunod sila. Hindi man sila kilala ng katabi nila. Diba? So, in other words, mga kapatid, while we say that in the providence of God, God may sometimes have a calling na magkaroon ng isang mega church, malaking members of the church, but kung magkakaroon ng mga satellite at maraming taon na ang kumokontrol pa rin ay yung nasa taas, that is not a biblical, biblically ordered church. Okay? So much for that. Let's proceed sa ikalawa. We believe in congregational consent, not congregational democracy. Ayan, yung ayaw ng mga re, ah, mga Baptist. Sabi nila, ayaw nila, itong ayaw nila itong uh, syempre, itong papacy na and then ayaw nila ng Episcopalian. Ayaw nila ng Presbyterian. Dahil group ito ng mga tao. Tapos, ang choice na lang talaga nila sa history is congregational. Ayaw pa. Kasi nga daw, congregational, lahat bobotohin. Parang 50-50 lagi. No, we do not believe that. Kaya, meron silang magiging parang choice. And I'll show that later to you. Uh, we do not believe in congregational democracy. Because ang congregational democracy is... Ang pure democracy is settlement of issue by mere majority. You know what is mere majority? That is just 50% plus 1. So kapag 50%, nalaman mo yung taong ito, anak mo, uh, lumipat do sa kabila. Dito ka, para manalo na tayo sa boto. This is a recipe for disunity and church split. Kaya hindi wise ang congregational democracy. But, Hindi lang practical issues ang congregational democracy. Ang congregational democracy ay may mga sa scripture, makikita natin, may mga bagay na hindi pwedeng pagbotohan ng congregation. Tama ba? Pwedeng pagbotohan ng congregation kung ano ang doktrina niya sa 
Anong doktrina patungkol sa pagka-Diyos ni Jesus? May mga bagay na hindi pwedeng pagbotohan. Bakit? Settled na sa Bible. So, hindi pwedeng mag-overrule ang congregation sa clear teaching ng scriptures. Kaya dito, ang congregational model, okay sana to, no? Pero ang nilalagay, okay naman, binibigyan niya ng authority ang senior pastor. Pero, kung ako masusunod, kung ako, hindi masusunod, kung ako ang uh, makikita ko to na reflection ng scripture, dapat medyo mas maganda yung kanina. Na parang, is, is, ito kasi parang nasa pinakababa siya mismo, no? Uh, although naintindihan ko siya kung sa, sa anong gusto niyang ipakita. Pero, yung congregational democracy, sabi ni Wayne Grudem, In this system, everything must come to the congregational meeting. The result is that decisions are often argued endlessly and as the church grows, decision-making reaches a point of near paralysis. While this structure does attempt to do justice to some of the passages regarding the need for final governing authority to rest with the congregation as a whole, it is unfaithful to the New Testament pattern of recognized and designated elders who have actual authority to rule in most situations. So in other words, ang congregational democracy, hindi niya binibigyan ng justice yung eldership rule which is very clear sa New Testament. Meron din naman tinatawag na congregational rule. So, ang pure democracy, hindi niya nire-reflect yung dalawang yon. Kaya nga, ang gusto natin na tawagin is congregational consent. Ang ibig sabihin ng congregational consent hindi ako pwede bilang pastor mamuno sa inyo nang wala ang inyong consent. Hindi ko pwedeng gawin ang isang bagay na nagpe-pertain sa authority ng iglesia nang wala ang inyong pahintulot, nang wala ang inyong permission, nang wala ang inyong go signal. Halimbawa, uh, gusto naming ibenta yung uh, barako. Eh, kahit anong gawin namin, eh, wala kaming authority doon. Kailangan manggaling ang consent sa church. Kailangan magkaroon ng desisyon ang iglesia. But of course, we believe, ang pastor, binigyan siya ng authority ng church na mag-rule, nag-rule siya. Pero hindi siya nag-rule na parang hari. Okay? So, yan ang gusto nating ipakita. Biblical ba ito? Well, tingnan nyo kung paano nag-decide ang mga churches noon. Nung namili sila na magiging deacons, hindi naman si pastor at ang mga apostles ang namili. Now in these days, officers ito by the way, now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution and the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve table. So, and then, sasabihin niya sa, uh, sa verse 3, pick out, pick out among you, from among you. Pipili kayo mula sa inyo kung sino ang gusto ninyong maging deacons. Basta, ito yung qualification. Dapat ganito siya. Dapat ganyan siya. Okay? So, uh, another example. S- that is pag-ordain ng officers, papipili. Ito naman, church discipline. Sino pwede mag-discipline? Si pas. Hindi. Ang mag-discipline ay ang church. Kasi ang sabi ng Bible, pag ayaw pa rin makinig yan, sa kasalanan niya, no? 
tell it to the church. Kapag hindi pa rin siya nakinig sa church, let him be to you like a hidden and a tax collector. In other words, kung ano daw ang gagawin ng church, sabi ni Jesus, kung anong gagawin ng church sa lupa, expect nyo. nag amen ang Diyos. So in other words, as long as nasinunod yung process na yun, yung word ni Jesus, ito yung desisyon ng langit. Kaya mga kapatid, napakalaga nito. Sa officers, ang church ang namimili. Sa discipline, ang church ang nagdi-decide. Eh, sa pag-send out ng mga representatives, katulad nito, sa mga Gentile believers sa Acts 15.22. Then please eat to the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men. Ang whole church nando, nag-consent. We can assume na meron silang part sa pagdidesisyon. ba? So in other words, mga kapatid, itong authority na ito, na sinasabi ko sa inyo, ay hindi dapat mag-erode into congregational democracy. Yes, meron pong authority ang church. Meron siya yung tinatawag na congregational consent. Pero, wag nating hayaan na mag-erode ito sa congregational democracy. Na gusto na lang natin pagbotohin lahat ng 50-50 para maseta lagi ang lahat ng mga issues sa pamagitan ng mga boto. This is a recipe for unruly members. In fact, ang mga unruly members, ito yung gusto nila. Bakit? Tingnan nyo ang politics natin, ang democracy. Diba? Kapag nag-purely democratic ka, 100% democratic, alam nyo ang mangyayari, kahit na lang yung bibili natin bumbilya, kung yan ay LED o yung ganito, pagbabotohan pa yan. So just to be logical, ano, to be true. Diba? Unlike kapag congregational consent, binigyan niya ng authority ang mga deacons, o deacons, kayo nang bahala sa mga ganyan desisyon. Meron kaming trust sa inyo kasi nasala naman na kayo. Kayo ay na-ordain. Okay? Pero, deacons, pagdating sa malalaking bagay, katulad ng paglilipat ng oras ng service natin ng hapon, eh, kailangan kami ang magde-design. O ganun yon ang mangyayari. O pagbebenta nyo yung isang gamit ng church, may project tayo, papalitan nyo, kailangan ang church may consent. Hindi pwedeng gami- gawin lang ng mga deacons. So, kalimbawa ako, may gagawin tayo sa iglesia, kailangan consent. Hindi pwedeng uh, naiinis lang ako kay John, eh, dinisiplin ko siya. I-announce ko na lang, si John ay nadisiplin na po for uh, a short period of three years. <laughs> Pabihira. Wala akong kapangyarihan na gano'n. Now, I have like a power ng delegated authority sa akin na dahil ako yung nag-a-assign. Yun nga, may, may authority ako, no? Uh, sa ministry. Pwede kong, oh, huwag ka muna dyan. Ako, ako, yun yung gano'n. Kaysa yung, uh, guys, medyo ano, uh, may problema. Pwede magbutuhan muna natin kung pwede bang mag-usher itong si Raylin. Uh, ba? Parang napaka, mauubos na yung Sunday natin na pinagbutuhan ng yung agenda natin. Si Atilita gusto magtanim ng monggo. Uh, that's congregational democracy. So, kailangan, meron tayong ide-delegate kung sino maglilid sa atin. Okay? So, this authority, yung congregational consent, must be respected and be supported by all, including me, as a pastor. <laughs> Di ba, meron tayong magandang example nito noon. Nung wala pa akong office, eh, gusto kong magka-office noon talaga eh, dahil mahirap mag-aral sa bahay, no? Ah, uh, kanya lang, meron tayong barako noon na uh, second hand. Kailangan na ibenta. So, meron tayong seed money na 50,000 para sa building na yan, sa kakabila. 
eh, yung presyo ng uh, Kawasaki Barako is 80,000. So, pwede mong ibenta yung second hand na 30,000. So, may karoon ka na 80,000. Ang mali ko, parang pinagboto ko muna. O sige, anong boto ninyo, church? Nauna yung church. So, sabi ng church, Uh, sige, benta na lang. Eh ako sana, ayoko pakialaman yung 50,000 para doon sa building, seed money. Kasi ano, kapag may seed money, madali. Eh. Nakaka-encourage maglagay eh. as a pastor. Yun ang aking ano, assessment for many years. No? So, ayoko mawala yun. So, therefore, kahit maghintay na lang tayo. Eh, pero nakapagboto. Eh, pambira, nagtaasa ng, ba- ng kamay. Lahat. Ibenta ang second hand at kunin ang 50,000 from uh, this uh, Sunday School and Pastor's Office Building Fund. Kunin ang 50,000 at ipagsama. Eh, dapat pala ang ginawa ko para malaman nila yung aking gusto. Eh, sinabi ko muna. Eh, pinagbutuhan nila. Hindi eh, naman nila alam. So, ang nangyari, lahat nagtaasan ng kamay, except ako. Nung sinabi ko na, o sino po ang pabor na huwag mo nang ibenta, ako lang ang nagtaas ng kamay. So, isa. So, isa versus ganito. Ano nangyari? Uh, kinabukasan, nasa apalit ako, bumibili ako ng brand new na, ay, hindi naman pala kinabukasan. After some years, uh, some years, some days, bumili ako ng brand new na Kawasaki for 80,000. So, uh, ang point, syempre, no, kapag sa mga sensitive issues, pwedeng ang gawin ng church at ng pastor mag-usap muna o bakit magkaiba tayo. Pero, sa mga bagay na malilit, lalo na sa issue ng pera, dapat, irespeto na kagad ng ganung bagay no uh, kasi ako naniniwala ako halimbawa nagkaiba yung pastor at yung congregation we, we should talk ba- bakit iba ako iba kayo ganun but of course kapag nagkaroon ng bungguan the congregation will prevail not the pastor sa mga decisional making ng congregational so you remember that ah okay so i'm not trying na oh bagayo ko wag yung ituloy no it's just a pure communication in fact kapag nag uh, Uh, nagano tayo ng isang elder, additional elder, at may isa o dalawa o tatlo na hindi bumoto para sa elder, as a pastor, I'm obligated to talk to these people. Why don't you, why did you, why you did not, why, why did you not vote for this person? In other words, we interpret that as something na you don't believe in his calling or you don't believe na uh, ano, potential problem ang ganyang relationship. So, uh, ano lang naman, that's uh, uh, additional na mga unwritten rule. Okay? Pero gusto ko lang sabihin sa inyo na we should respect this. So, uh, sasabihin ng mga pastor, no? lalo na ng mga ibang pastors na sanay sa kapangyarihan. Ay, teka muna, ano mangyayari? Ihayaan mo ang church? Ganon? Paano? Magmumukha kang kawawa. Well, magmumukha kang kawawa kung tamad ka na pastor at hindi mo tuturuan ang mga members mo kung paano mag-decide scripturally. That is the challenge for me as a pastor. It is the enormous duty of the pastor to mature his flock. Because behind the doctrine of the Baptist church polity is the concept that every congregation should be mature or maturing in order for them to make wise decisions. Kaya kapag ikaw, member ka po, no, hindi ka uma-attend lagi ng Sunday evening, prayer meeting, ganon, eh, Pagdating sa mga choices ng spirituality, mahihirapan ka na ma-absorb mo lahat ng theology ng church na ito. Pagdating sa pagbuboto na, hindi ganun ka, ka most of the time, ha, hindi magiging ganun ka-informed ang decision mo. 
That is the reason why we encourage yung attendance sa lahat ng preaching, ng covenant meeting, lahat para alam mo. Para pag nagbutuhan tayo, alam nyo yung nangyayari, hindi, yung, hindi natin alam kung ano yung ginagawa natin. Okay? So, that is the challenge. Number three, delegated pastoral rule. By the way, ito yung Ephesians 4.12. Purpose ng pastor is to equip the saints. Yun. Delegated pastoral rule, not absolute pastoral monarchy. Pastoral monarchy is... Sorry, not interdependent. Nakalimutan ko i-edit. Pastoral monarchy is when the pastor claims direct authority from God. Na ang authority niya directly from God, that this is abuse of authority. Uh, ito yan. At uh, marami akong kilalang mga member, members or Christians na nakaranas ng ganyan at hanggang ngayon, makikita mo yung results sa kanilang uh, mga buhay. May, may kaibigan ako na pag tinitingnan lang daw niya, may nagte-text. Hanggang ngayon, ha? Tinitingnan niya yung text niya. Kinakabahan siya. Dahil isip niya, baka yung pastor niya yon Bakit? Tinuruan siya ng pastor niya kahit saan siya pumunta, kailangan niya magpaalam. Sa magulang niya, hindi nagpapaalam kung saan siya pupunta, pero kung saan man siya pupunta, kailangan maalaman ng pastor. O oh guys, huwag maging extreme. Ha? Pag nagpakasal kayo, please inform us. Para, hindi natin lang kung saan parokya o saan... Uh, Debiro lang. That's, that's a joke. Okay? Wag, wag maging extreme kagad. Okay. Church, uh, now, uh, bakit ganito ang mga pastors na ito? Simply because they believe ang congregational model, they do not know congregational consent. They do not believe, ang paniniwala, congregational, aalipinin ka ng pastor, uh, ng congregation. And by the way, uh, guys, hindi, to, hindi ko ito sinasabi dahil paborito sa akin. Try to review yung buhay ng mga Reformed Baptist pastors. Even at a level na congregational consent, nagkakaroon ng very uh, stressful na buhay at uh, ang Reformed Baptist pastor. Even Pastor Noel said, no, ang equivalent in a practical level ng congregational consent is a pastor na laging may headache. Bakit? Hindi mo pwedeng i-manipulate at i-overrule ang conscience ng member mo. And you would rather suffer ng headache kaysa maging Lord over his conscience or her conscience. Kaya sabi naman ibang Baptist, we don't want this congregational. Eh, anong gusto nyo? Ayaw nyo rin ang Presbyterian, ayaw nyo yung Episcopal, alalo yun. Hindi, pero maganda yung papacy. Pero ayaw natin tawagin papacy. No. Gagawin na lang natin theocracy. Ang theocracy, Old Testament, kung paano na direct na nagrurul si Yahweh sa Israel. Ganon ang pastor. Directly nagrurul ang Diyos sa kanya. Kaya nga may kwento na nagba-Bible study daw sila, eh wala pa yung pastor. Tinanong nung member, Pastor, saan na po kayo? Nag-reply daw yung pastor, wag mong questionin ang Diyos. Because, uh, of course, this person does not think he is God. But the mere fact na kinu-question mo siya ng ganon, na, na, nasasaktan yung, alam mo yun, you're getting under his skin. At, alam nyo mga kapatid, from a church na scripture alone, alam nyo bang scripture alone may pagkaganito noon, bago nag-reform. Hindi full-blown theocracy. Yung theocratic talaga ng mga churches noon, ay makikita ko, sobra grabe. Pero, konti lang siguro, or middle, mild, but, still, 
I'm telling you this, napakahirap ng ganito. But under the grace of God, if the pastor is willing to learn, the members are willing to help, at I think yun ang naranasan ng iglesyang ito. So, uh, let's uh, take this point that church recognition of the pastors, pastor or pastors because we believe in plurality of elders, delegates to him or them the authority to shepherd them within scripture. That is, that is the pastoral authority. Dine-delegate na church sa pastor yung authority na pamunuan siya. May tiwala siya doon sa pastor unless pag nagkamali siya ng glaring sin at madidisqualify. So, sabi, ng, sabi ni Wayne Grudem, the fact that they are to act as shepherds of the flock and the fact that they are not to domineer, that is not to rule harshly or oppressively, strongly suggests that elders have ruling or governing functions in the churches to which Peter is writing. This is consistent with his charge that especially those who are younger should be subject to the elder. Okay? So, you see, ito yung tinuturo ng scripture. The authority of the pastor is actual and real. May nagsasabi kasi example lang daw. Pastor example is enough. Example, enough ba yung pastor example? I, I can tell you in depravity natin. Pag sinabi ng pastor, magkakaroon tayo ng cleanup drive. Pag naglinis siya, ay pag wala siyang karapatan no, authority na, pwedeng ikaw ang maglagay doon. Uh, walang mangyayari. Kahit saan kailangan ng leader. It, hindi tayo balang na yun marami, dun lang, susunod na. Kailangan ng leader. Tao tayo. Okay? So that is the Reformed Baptist distinctive. And then, uh, ikalawa, this authority is limited. So, actual ang authority ng pastor, but limited. In other words, outside of scripture, wala na akong say whatsoever sa flock. Uh, wala akong say kung paano mo ayusin ang bahay mo, nung kulay mo, nung pinapanood mo na uh, channel 2 ka ba, channel 7. Uh, don't even have a say kung anong gusto mong brand o kulay na necktie o kung anong isusuot mo. So, uh, of course, you may ask kung ano yung wisdom na meron sa pastor or leaders, but limited. Walang, wala nang authority. Yan ang sinasabi ni John MacArthur. Walang authority ang pastor over the member outside the scriptures. Okay? Sabi dito, Therefore, while it is necessary to have some recognized checks on the authority of elders and to rest ultimate governing authority with the congregation as a whole, <coughs> it's still necessary if we are to remain faithful to the New Testament pattern to have a strong level of authority vested in the elders themselves. But of course, may limit nga yung authority natin na huli lang. Uh, sabi ni Kevin Bowder, maganda ito sabi ni Kevin Bowder. In other words, a pastor has no authority of his own. He operates strictly with the authority of Jesus Christ, an authority mediated only through the Word of God. A pastor's private opinions are no more authoritative than the opinions of any other person. His authority consists in the proclamation of the Scriptures as he as he rightly explains their meaning, brings them to bear upon life, and illustrates their truth through personal example. Okay? So, uh, paano makikita na ang pastor, madaling sabihin, limited ang authority niya. Ang actual application para sa akin na ang pastor, sinusunod niya ito is 
the respect of Christian liberty. If the pastor respects the liberty of the conscience of the members, there you have a pastor na alam niya ang kanyang authority. But, let us have a warning. This should not be construed as discouraging counsel seeking. Okay? Ay, meron pa pala, but... Uh, when he has done these things, God's people are morally obligated to submit to him and obey him. Their submission is not personally directed to him as a man, nor is it even directed toward the pastoral office per se. Their submission is directed to the word of God that he has, exp- that he has proclaimed, explained, applied, and lived. So yan, yung individual soul conscience. Okay? Now, I'm appealing to you guys. Alam nyo, nung nag-reform ako, there's always the tendency of the pendulum. And I'm not a uh, internet reformer. I'm a pastor who is reforming. At ibig sabihin ng pagre-reform ko, it's always grounded sa reality. Dahil I don't want to destroy the souls of our members. Uh, always try to think. Now, in other words, meron kayong power, may kay, ganito kayong authority. Please, do not allow your depravity to use that, take advantage para lang makalusot kayo sa inyong kasalanan, sa inyong tinatago, ma-escape nyo yung oversight, ma-escape nyo yung potential na magandang relationship sa inyong mga elders or elder. Uh, wag, wag, nyo, wag kayo lalayo na hindi ko naman kailangan sabihin to kay pastor o sa mga leaders namin. Eh, di ba maganda kung may relasyon ka, may trabaho ka, may ano ka. Try to tell us, try to ask for our... Uh, counsel. We, of course, at the end of the day, ikaw ang magde-decide. So, uh, I just use this para kung if I can say things to you from my heart, no, na kung makakapagsalita lang mga pastor, di ba? Halimbawa, tulad ko, if you, I have made a wrong a word na nasabi dito sa pulpit, you want to criticize me, nakikiusap ako, wag yung pagbaba mo sa pulpit ng Sunday. Try to... Sabi nga ng advice ng isang article ng Gospel Coalition, try to wait for until two days, three days. Have an appointment. Para cool, ano, not, not yun directly. Na, yan, but you have to have this kind of sensitivity toward each other. Okay? For sure, the pastor should have this kind of sensitivity. Okay? Now, uh, if they fail to obey Him under these circumstances, they will find themselves in a less advantageous position when their pastor gives account for their souls, Jesus will hold them responsible for their disobedience. So therefore, you have to obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say according dito, but of course, under the parameter of Scripture. So, because every great pastor is a great congregation. At alam nyo, I can tell you this because if the church, hindi sa mga bisita namin dito, alam nyo kung ang church na ito hindi naging patient sa akin, naging patient sa personality ko, hindi naging patient sa mga uh, immaturity ko, if they have not been patient at in-exercise nila yung full power na uh, I may not be here anymore, di ba? Because napaka-bata ako nung nag-reform at ganon and thank God walang umalis ni Isa because of our reformation. And we have been guided with uh, other people. Okay? So, that's our uh, some quick questions about this. 